This is Chasing Eternity, Season 1, Episode 8. Welcome back to Chasing Eternity. I am your host, Chris Croach, joined by my co-host, as always, Adam Oldham. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm doing all right, Christopher. How have you been the last week? I have been fighting a cold this mm. week, uh, but it was a cold of my own doing. I was. Oh. I went to a track meet on Saturday, and although we are in May, it was like 45 degrees. Pennsylvania weather. And uh, I was just in a t-shirt because I was thinking, I'm going to a track meet in May. This will be fine. And it started raining, mm. and it was cold. And I got home, and I was like, I feel sick. <laughs> yes. Pennsylvania, <clears throat> like, oh. expect the unexpected. I have to preach tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> um, so I've just been uh, fighting that off. But uh, how was your day? My day was okay. Uh, this time of year gets very busy in schools yeah, uh, yeah. with state testing, with the end of the year, graduation, uh, senior awards, just a lot of things going on at school. Students feeling a lot of pressure with all of those things going on. Oh, I uh, remember. Oh, yes. So it's a busy time in the counseling office in a high school, uh, but I'm doing okay oh, today. Yeah. I'm feeling a little bit better after getting over a cold. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm all right. Uh, we'll go ahead and just kind of jump into our topic today. I kind of want to put out a disclaimer before we begin. Uh, over the last, I guess, seven episodes of this that we have done, uh, you may have noticed that Chris and I have joked around. We've enjoyed kind of talking about things that are sometimes silly, funny, uh, things that you know are pleasurable and enjoyable. After all, this is a show that talks about uh, creativity and entertainment, so yep. we should enjoy and laugh at things that are entertaining. Uh, today, however, uh, we're going to take a look at a piece of art uh, that has made quite a bit of media attention recently. Um, and before we do so, our quote of the week is actually going to be a couple of statistics um, from the CDC, which is the Center of Disease Control. It's a federal government agency that monitors um, public health. In the last 12 months, looking at students grades 9 through 12, 1 in 10 boys and 1 in 5 girls seriously considered attempting suicide. In the last 12 months, 8% of students actually attempted suicide. And in the last 12 months, 3% of all students grades 9 through 12 attempted suicide in such a way that resulted in a serious body injury, a poisoning, an overdose, another condition that overall resulted in the need for medical attention to save their life. In the United States each year, uh, tens of thousands of Americans complete suicide. In the year 2013, according to the CDC, over 41,000 Americans lost their lives to suicide, which results in about 113 people a day, or one every 13 minutes. This is a tragedy. This is a public health issue. And this is something that, as a mental health professional, uh, concerns me and concerns many of us. And so as an adult working with young people, and I know, Chris, you've worked with young people a lot over the course of your career, and even here, uh, we have a congregation with a number of young people. Uh, mental health and health in general are very important topics uh, that we need to take seriously. Uh, and as we reflect on some of these statistics, Chris, 
what are your reaction? What's your reaction to hearing some of those numbers? Um, I would like to say shock, um, but I'm not shocked. Mm. The it seems like the numbers are right on. Uh, being a uh, a veteran, uh, there is a lot of uh, when you're getting out of the military. There's a lot of suicide prevention mm. uh, that the um, you know the people helping you transition back to civilian life talk about, and it's sad. You know, when I was when I was transitioning out of the military myself, it was kind of like you know they throw a bunch of numbers at you, and you hear these numbers all the time. Um, and then you know, after I've been out. Um, you know, seeing friends that are that are still in, and seeing the stuff that they're sharing, and you know, oh, my friend, you know, you know, he's another vet. He just committed suicide, and you know, you just hear this all the time. And uh, what they say, so in you said 113 a day mm. nationwide, right? Yes. What did, what did you say that equates to every how many minutes? Every 13 minutes, one American loses their life to suicide. Okay. What they, what I have heard, and I think this has kind of been, they always throw out the number 21. Um, every 21 minutes, a uh, a vet commits suicide, hmm. which, um, which I would be really interested to see what their, how much of these numbers are hmm. veterans. Sure. Um, because it seems like. That that would have to be a, a large percentage. Oh, then, definitely right. Have to be if some it was it. Mm-hmm. twenty-one minutes, um, but uh, you and I we've discussed this before. Just about I think it was it was you and I talking about uh, uh, the difference between you know murder and suicide and you know our relation to that mm. right of talking about how you know like I can't really think of someone of my friends or family that has been affected by murder. Mm. But I, uh, I can name a lot of people who've been affected by suicide. Yeah. Um, or have had suicidal thoughts or have been injured themselves in a suicide attempt. And, uh, like you said, I've dealt with and worked with young people and this is everywhere that I've been. This has been an issue mm. of either, uh, they themselves, the youth themselves, are having suicidal thoughts, or they're starting to kind of show signs mm. of that, or they have a friend that is uh, constantly considering suicide, and it's just it's everywhere. Mm. It's happening all the time. Yes, and the show that we're talking about, Thirteen Reasons Why, mm-hmm. really. I've only I've only watched the first three episodes as of this uh, recording this podcast, and it really it really brought me back um, to now as an adult, far removed from high school, kind of looking back not only at their depiction of high school, but then thinking about my own mm. um, uh, idea of high school, and really, you know, thinking of these stats. With the the environment that even I was around, I'm not surprised. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I think whenever we look at this show, and we're going to talk a little bit about, I think, why it's become so um, culturally relevant, um, but just to kind of tap into that a little bit, why is it that this show has become so popular? I mean, when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, which is an online critic website 
It's got a 91% approval rate. Oh, right I didn't now. know that. Oh, wow. Um, Metacritic uh, gives it a 76 out of 100, generally favorable reviews. An IGN review has it at 9.2 out of 10, or an awesome uh, ranking, uh, describing it as a powerful and hard-hitting series ranking among the best high school dramas of the 21st century. Uh, so we have some of these, you know, critical reviews of this show, and there's a lot of positivity saying this is, yeah, I mean, when I look back and I think, yeah, this this kind of hits the point, this kind of captures an image that people connect with, and so there's a very positive reaction from a lot of people to this show. Um, but before we really delve into that too, in addition, this show has also generated quite a bit of controversy. Uh-huh. Um, there's been quite a bit of concern among mental health professionals and parents and adults about the content of the show and some of the graphic stuff that happens in the show um, to the point where um, some organizations like the National Association of School Psychologists are releasing statements uh, warning you know, school professionals and parents, this is a show your children should not watch. Um, it's a show that um, could cause um, some harm in their lives if they watch. Um, there's concern from the American Association of Suicidology that uh, as a, a piece of art, uh, entertainment, a TV show, it didn't follow the accepted guidelines of what is really acceptable to depict on TV mm-hmm. um, for adults or children, uh, concerns that by depicting certain things in certain ways, it could cause harm. Uh, so there is a backlash. While some people really enjoy and felt this show was good, there's just as much, if not more, um, of a voice saying, no, this show wasn't really what it should have been. It wasn't, it wasn't a positive thing. So as we talk a little bit about that, you know, the pros and the cons, recognize that right off the beginning, just like we have in some of our other broadcasts, uh, this is not a show that I would say we recommend you sit down with your child and watch. I would recommend not encouraging your child to watch this show. Uh, and even as an adult, I'd be very mindful going into this show that uh, it is not like something else you will watch on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, it is not like something else you will watch on TV. Uh, it is a very different piece of art, which is why I felt it was relevant to talk about today. Yeah. So when we talk about the pros and the cons, Chris, I mean, you said you look back at your high school experience and kind of reflected back as you watched this show. What was it about this that kind of pulled you in? Oh, man. We're going we're gonna to get raw here, mm. Adam. Sure. Um, I'm going to make a confession here. Okay. Back before I was a Christian, I was a bully. Mm. I wasn't the, you know, I'm going to shake the lunch money out of you kind of bully. Um, even though I am a big guy, I didn't do that. That's not the way that I attacked people. I attacked people with my words, mm. with uh influence and my popularity and, and leveraging that against other people hmm. and as i was watching the show just the first three episodes a lot of that it kind of uncovered some of that of seeing what you know certain people's words or the last episode that i watched they made a list of you know who is you know what body parts on what girl are the best and even though I didn't do something like that, I did, you know, I remember doing things very similar hmm. to that and not really thinking of the consequences. Sure. Of, and, you know, for a long time, it's, it was just kind of brushed off as, oh, this is just boys being boys, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Of, you know, this is just the way high school is. And looking back at and seeing that, it's kind of like, you know, in uh, James, it talks about, 
looking in the mirror, right? Mm. The mirror mm. of God's word and how when you look in that mirror, you you might see some things that you don't like. Mm. And the fool is the one who walks away and doesn't change anything. The wise man stays and, you know, <laughs> does things according to what the word says. And the show is kind of like a, a mirror for me, mm. uh, even though, you know, it's like, you know, I'm what now 13 years removed mm. from high school. Uh, it still was like, it was kind of hard to watch. <laughs> I sure. was like, ouch, that really, um, I really wish I was a different person mm. back then. Um, and I'm very thankful that I was, introduced to the gospel and that my life and that my life changed and um i was trying to become a force for good on my high school campus but still you know like i mean kind of the the theme of the show up to this point that i've watched is there's certain things you just can't take back Mm. you know it's like it it is i mean that's the the curse of time right it's like it happened Mm. and now all you can do is try to make it better, I guess. Yeah. But uh, that's one thing, and that's actually under my my likes hmm. category of right. one thing that I liked about the show um, was hopefully if people have watched this show, they view it as, oh, okay, I, I need to be thoughtful hmm. with my actions hmm. and how I treat people. Yes. Uh, and and you, you kind of... I kind of got that more as I grew older, but that doesn't really help the people that I influenced and affected mm. when I was in high school. Sure. So what were what some of your likes, Adam? Well, and I think that's something, you know, you talk about this being a mirror to look back and to reflect on our experience. That, I think, is the intention of the, the producers of this show, mm-hmm. that this show can kind of be a mirror of our culture and talk about some of these issues that do exist and what can we personally do individually and also as a society to make this better. Uh, And I think one of the things that, I don't know if I'd say I like it, but one of the things that definitely I think pulled me in and I think it's pulled a lot of people in is just what you said. It's very relatable. Uh Uh, We look at this, you know, what things do we connect with? Well, you said, you know, I look back and I was a person that maybe said unkind words to people and I can, you know, looking and seeing how that affects people. Yeah, I remember how that felt. I remember being that person. I think there are moments and motifs throughout this show where you see people that are excluded or feel people that feel mistreated. Mm-hmm. They don't feel understood. Um, they feel like the world is out to get them. We can all reflect back to a moment in our lives, especially in high school and even middle school, where it's like, nobody gets me. And yeah. people are mean. The world is mean. And so I think there's this very relatable part of, wow, yeah, there are parts of being a teenager that really stunk. Um, and even kind of looking back at the you know, that teenage time of life, whenever we look at what's typically happening there, um, for most Americans, students, you know, or most teenagers are in school of some kind. So you got, a, you're on a bunch of other kids, you're in a, you're in a building, you're learning things, but obviously it's more than just sitting and taking in a lesson from a teacher, you know, you have all this social interaction. And so that's a familiar setting uh, that I think a lot of us can relate to. And mm-hmm. um, I think one of the troubling things that we'll talk about later, but one that I think everyone can connect to in some way was the experience of an adult not being helpful. Okay. And I felt like watching this show, there were so many moments where, cause I, I could watch the whole thing all the way through. Um, one of the things I think that was intentional was this kind of portrayal of adults as not really helpful. And they did this in a way that I thought was very masterful to what they wanted to do. I don't think necessarily it lines up completely with reality, which is one of the things I'll talk about as a con or something I didn't like. 
but the idea of an adult looking like they're being helpful, like, hey, how are you doing? I'm just checking in. You know, you can tell me anything, right? And because that's what parents should do, right? Uh -huh. Parents should ask their kid and check in and say, hey, what's going on? Or if their child does something wrong, like you came in late, we couldn't find you, you didn't answer your phone, so now there will be consequences. So there are kind of these moments of, well, parents doing what parents should do, but then like it's very, it's very um, shallow. Uh, you're grounded, except you can run off and do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you, we got arrested somehow for having marijuana uh, in your bag, and I'm going to drive you to the police station, but somehow in the middle of a conversation, I'll just let you ride off on your bike and go out, at, you know, whatever, we'll talk about it later. And it's like, this This is really sad. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there's a moment in the show where, and I don't want to ruin too much of it for you because I haven't <gasps> finished it, um, where um, Hannah, the main character, reaches out to someone who should be able to help her. Um, but, you know, and even as you watch the experience, there's some things that the, the, the person does not do well. But overall, it's not, it's not explicitly unhelpful. It's just not maybe as helpful as it could be. Mm -hmm. And you just see this feeling, and you, the, the show shows that Hannah, the character, did not feel like the adult got it or was helpful. And I feel like all of us can look back in our own lives and go, there was a time I went to my parent, or there was a time I asked a teacher, or there was a time I asked my neighbor or my aunt or my uncle, and you know, they just weren't helpful. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of this show is relatable, which I think is really one of the big pools to this, where, like you said, we can look in the mirror and see things we recognize. Yeah. And that's kind of sad, right? Yeah. That we can all relate to that of adults not being helpful yes. when when we're adolescents. And yeah. That's kind of sad. That's kind of sad to think about mm. of uh, that we can all relate to. Because even as you were talking, I was thinking, can I relate to that? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I can definitely think about that and uh that was one of the things that i was reflecting on too as i was watching uh what i did watch of the show of this idea of uh just like growing up you mm. know like i'm 31 and you know what was i like when i was you know 16 17 years old and i was very much i could relate to a lot of the characters in the show and i i was thinking about like well why didn't I listen? Mm. Why didn't I listen to my mom when she gave me advice? And now, you know, several years later realizing, oh, she gave me the right advice and I would give the exact same advice. Why, why not? And it's, I, I, this isn't fully formed in my head yet, but I, it was this idea of when we look at young people today, I think in a lot of ways we view it as these are the decisions that I wish I would have made. Mm. Mm. I think about, um, just like encouraging young people to be evangelistic in their efforts. And they hear that as they're, you know, in this mess of high school life. And it's like, how am I going to be evangelistic mm. here? Like preachers wanting me to do all this stuff and I'm just trying to survive. Right. Uh, and, and I think it's my own mindset of thinking, man, if, if I only knew what I know now, uh, this is what I would have done mm -hmm. to be more evangelistic and, and more uh, helpful in my time in high school. But when you give that same advice, again, it might be the right advice. It might be good advice. Mm -hmm. But when they're caught up in it, it is so difficult to see anything but the mess. Yes. And I think some of that, like you said, I'm still trying to figure this out in my head. 
trying to bring it together. Part of this is developmental. Yeah. I mean, the idea that you know teenagers and young people experience emotions very strongly and intensely. Yeah. The idea that these tragedies will never end. You people don't understand me. A lot of this is brain development, and yeah. the brain is not fully developed to really have that executive functioning to understand long-term vision, goal planning, goal setting, yeah. um, consequence behavior, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, something that I saw too that I think really is relatable is this idea of a desire for justice. We'll see, and you will see as the okay. show goes on. Um, the show portrays the main character Hannah as a tragedy, which it is. Anytime mm -hmm. somebody ends their life by suicide, it's a tragedy. Yeah. Oh, I can um, already see that—the idea of justice. And so often, uh, you hear after the fact, and they they kind of sarcastically make these comments throughout the show, which again. I don't know if it's very helpful, but the idea of, well, we can never know what a person was thinking when they make this choice. You know, it was their choice and, you know, we'll never really know what they were thinking. And, you know, it's the show is kind of this almost, you know, satire on that to say, well, you're going to know exactly what that person thought. You will know exactly yeah. what Hannah thought and why she did it. Um, and as the show progresses, you start to go, wow, this was not okay. These people that did these things to her deserve to oh, yeah. see justice. Um, however, the the flip side of this is, um, you know, the justice that is served is, well, you know, I'll show them and end my life. It's a horrible thing for a person to think. Yeah. Uh, it's a horrible thing for young people to see and go, well, maybe this is, maybe I can get back at the people in my life uh, through something like that because that's, yeah. This is something that, like everything in life, the hard times we experience, we can, with support and, and help, get through them, even if they feel like they don't end. Um, so I think that that idea of justice, it's it's something that the producers want us to buy into, but it's a very risky and, I think, a dangerous uh, literary tool to make us want that because the justice that we seek is, well, you see, you can all struggle and suffer now because look what you did. And mm -hmm. that almost glorifies the act of suicide in a yeah. way that is irresponsible. Well, that's that's exactly what it was I, I was going to say. And you, you talk about the flip side, so let's move into the cons. Yeah. Um, and that was that was my number one con mm -hmm. of the show so far is that it's it just got it has this feeling. It seems like it's it's glorifying suicide, mm -hmm. where it's like like you're talking about justice it was like well, uh, you know. Hannah got away with it in the show, and that's that's what I want. I want people to, you know, I'm I'm going to make these tapes, and it's just like this is that's the wrong message. This mm. this this is <laughs> this is it's it's weird. Yeah. And as I've been watching the show, it's like it's just it's weird. It's mm. kind of like okay, you know, okay, I want to feel sorry for Hannah, but at the same time, you know, like what is she doing, and like why did she why did she do this? And it's almost like. You know, suicide should should be mourned. It's like mm. someone took their own life, whether young or old. They took their own life, mm. and the show has kind of turned that on its head. And mm. like, wow, like look at this girl, and she took her own life, and now you know, like she made this fantastic plot, and mm. you know she's bringing these people in. It just it feels wrong. Yes, and I think some of that's intentional. I think the producers. Uh, are intentionally trying to shed light on something that we typically don't know or don't talk about because it's uncomfortable. Uh, we don't want to talk about things like, well, what was a person thinking when they completed suicide? I mean, do I really want to know that I'm the reason a person died by mm. suicide? 
Um, you will see later on there become some motifs of sexual assault and rape where we can sit and talk about, but to actually see it, which the show will be very graphic and depicting, it, it kind of, it all feels wrong. It, it doesn't feel right. And I feel like, again, that goes back to that sense of justice. We have this innate sense of, of right and wrong sometimes where we see something that is so wrong, um, we, we physically react. And there are moments in this show where I very viscerally reacted to it, uh, very uncomfortably. Um, and I'm fairly in touch with my feelings and my, my life, but it, there were moments where it was, it was very uncomfortable. And I think part of the problem with that is not shedding light on the issue. We need to do more to raise awareness uh, to the struggle that people who are, are having suicidal thoughts are having or who have been assaulted are having. Um, but I think the show presents all of that in a very unrealistic way. Uh, the majority of people who complete suicide do not leave a note. Uh, it's something that is not common. It's something in the media, well, you know, if somebody dies by suicide, well, where's the note? It's not very common. Um, only about 20, maybe 30% of suicides have any kind of a, a note written down or any kind of memento that they left behind that they wanted someone to find because mm -hmm. suicide typically takes place in a heightened emotion state um, when a person is not in their right mind and the person is usually struggling from an underlying mental health issue like anxiety or depression, um, schizophrenia, you know, some kind of mood disorder, bipolar disorder. So there's usually an underlying issue beyond just the distress. Mm -hmm. um, but to have this all laid out so premeditated is very unrealistic. And I just thought the whole negativity worldview, like you said, looking back on high school, it's like, man, it really stunk. Man, life really stunk as a teenager. And it's not really very realistic because, yes, there are moments where adults let us down. There are moments when jerks at school say things that are mean. Uh -huh. uh, there are moments that are, that are not pleasant. And sometimes those moments can be very unpleasant. But the majority of the time, adults seek to be helpful. Peers are generally neutral to us, um, you know, in terms of them being actively out to get us. That's, that's not really a very realistic perspective. Um, teachers do care about what they do, and, and a classroom isn't a joke, which the show presents. Like, these teachers talk about these silly, stupid things that don't yeah. matter. And so the whole time where it's like, this, this feels like I'm relating to it, but this isn't real life. So even the profanity uh, that all of these students use, and don't get me wrong, I work in a high school. Do students swear? Absolutely. But the language that's presented in this show, not very realistic to what every teenage student experiences. So just there are parts of it that are very exaggeratedly negative. Mm -hmm. And I think that's on purpose. But I think it's dangerous because it almost presents to young people, yeah, look, the world sucks. See, this is what life is. Even though mm. that's not really the case, they connect with yeah. some of those things, and they're like, yeah, life does suck but it's not realistic. Yeah, and I think part of that too might be the uh, hyper-emotional state that mm. a lot of teenagers live in. Yes. And the reason why you th they might think that, oh yeah, all of this stinks is because you remember the <laughs> those, uh, you know, emotionally charged events a lot more than mm. just the mundane, you know, this is normal life yeah. type stuff. Um, but my, my other dislike of the show so far has been, uh, the timeline or the pacing. Mm. Uh, it's been very confusing. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't <laughs> think they explained uh, just from a storytelling point of view. I don't think they explained enough beforehand of like, it, it seemed like certain events happened and it was just like the next day Hannah committed suicide and then I watched the next episode to find out, oh, there was like uh, a year between this event and that event. Okay. 
he didn't really tell me that. Mm. Um, and maybe that's also I'm only three episodes into it, and maybe the that whole timeline is a uh, you know a storytelling gimmick where they want people to go back and rewatch it to mm. see if you know see things that uh, they might have missed. Uh, but right now it, it's kind of confusing and, and kind of uh, like I'm being like I'm being played, mm. right? Yeah. Of like, okay, you're purposefully not giving me information in this episode, and it's very apparent mm. to what you're doing here, uh, just so you can you know reveal this later. You know, it, it's a gimmick. Yeah, I get it. You know, it's a storytelling thing. A lot of shows kind of do the same thing. Yep. Um, uh, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of in vogue right now with, uh, storytelling in, in, in general, but yeah, I'm not liking it in this show. No, it's, it's very, again, kind of the unrealistic moment. If someone said, here are a set of tapes that explain why I did, why I completed suicide, why yeah. would you as the main character go, well, I'll listen to the side one of the first tape, but then I'm going to like put it to the side. I'm going to go to school the next day. I'm going to eat my breakfast. (laughs) No, you, like every other character in the show seems to do, would probably listen through all of it right away. Yeah. So, again, that does drag, and I think that is kind of a a storytelling device that that does make it hard to follow at times. Um, Because it seems linear, but the show kind of loops around a lot of ways to give you more background Mm -hmm. uh, as to what's going on. So as we've talked a little bit about this, Chris, uh, we've talked about some of the reasons the show is appealing, some of the things we didn't really like about it, some of the dangers that come with uh, storytelling using such graphic imagery uh, and kind of this explicit raw uh, imagery. Um, What are some of the spiritual applications we can take from this conversation? I have uh, number one, (laughs) believing that other people are the problem. Uh, the, I think it was I wrote that down while I was watching the last episode uh, that I watched, episode three, um, and it was one of the characters was constantly. I think it was in kind of I think it was in denial a mm-hmm. little bit of his role that he played in in this whole thing, uh, but it was this belief that you know she wasn't or you know I wasn't the one who bailed on her. She was the one who bailed on me. Mm. And it is this idea of, well, I'm not the problem. She's the problem. Mm. Like, she's the one who is messing up. I was fine. And even though that seems like a very high school thing, it, you know, I see it very apparent in adults in mm-hmm. the church today. Oh, yes. Um, recently, we've been going through judges on Wednesday night. And one of the themes that I've been trying to get across uh, to our uh, church members here, the people in the class, is that Israel was its own problem. Mm-hmm. And the problem, the, the reason why they were their own problem is that they didn't view themselves as the problem. Mm. It was, oh, it's the Midianites. Oh, it's the Philistines. It's easy to kind of push the blame off to someone else. It's a lot harder to recognize that, oh, maybe I need to change. Mm. Um, and for... Uh, I see that a lot in um, Hannah's friends that I've been introduced to so far mm. of, you know, you know, it's not me. It was, you know, she was the one who did this mm. instead of realizing, you know, we all are works in progress and we all have things that we need to change about ourselves. Yes. And and actually acting on that. Yeah. And I think that's one thing the producers wanted to try to drive home in a way almost of a role reversal where. A lot of times when we talk about somebody who dies by suicide, you know, it's, well, you know, that was their choice. You know, this was not something, it was not your fault. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of, 
we don't put the blame on the person, um, but you know the people who live. You know, it, well, it was the person who passed that it was their fault. They're the ones that did this, not you. And don't get me wrong, I'm not telling people who have experienced the tragedy of someone in their life dying by suicide that it was your fault that they did this. I don't know any of the circumstances, and again, this is a choice that people typically do not make in their right mind uh, or in a rational state. Mm -hmm. um, however, I think the show is attempting to push back on that and say, yeah, it's easy to say it was the person who dies fault, but yeah, we all do have a, a part to play in everyone's story. And whether that part yeah. is you were a jerk to that person over the course of their life, something you said, something you didn't say, whether you were helpful or not, I think the show is trying to drive home, like you said, we all have a role to play in things. And it's easy to put it on someone else, but we really should be taking a look at ourselves, kind of looking yeah. in that mirror and go, yeah. what is my responsibility in any of this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. I like that. And um, in the, the church in a larger sense, um, we sometimes we can be guilty of kind of sitting in our crystal palace here and saying, well, if the world would just shape itself up, mm -hmm. uh, then it would be a lot easier for us to convert them. And it's like, you know, you're missing the point. Yeah. And you're missing the point of the Bible. It's not about, it's not just about, okay, let's go change people. It's about changing you. Mm. It's about changing yourself. Yes. And maybe realizing that, okay, maybe the reason why we aren't as evangelistic or aren't growing as much as we want is because of me. Mm. But Yeah, I like that. Um, something else that uh, over the course of this show that really stood out to me, and it, it's not just what took place between the characters, but also I think the biggest concern I have as a mental health professional with this show in general is the idea of the influence it can have. And whenever we talk about, you know, something having an influence on us, whether that's our friends having an influence on us, whether that's a show like this having an influence on us or the people around us, um, we as Christians are called to be spiritually minded and to be focused on God and on what God wants for us in our lives. But uh, Paul warns us over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, he says, don't be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. Mm. Uh, if you allow yourself to be influenced, well, it's not even if you allow yourself. If you, if you expose yourself to certain kinds of media, if you expose yourself to kind of, you know, unhealthy people in your life, that's gonna start to have an impact on you. Yeah. Um, and what I find amazing about this scripture is that Paul is actually quoting a secular poet here uh, by the name of Meander. He was a famous Greek uh, writer of drama. And it's amazing to me that that kind of wisdom that, you know, hey, the stuff around you is going to influence you, so you need to be careful what you let in your life. Um, even the world knows that. Yeah. Right? This isn't something that's, well, only God knows, and if you only get it from God, you know. No, the world recognizes this. Things that you welcome into your life and into your space will influence you whether you want them to or not. Yeah. And so when I, when I think about this show and this program, my hope is that the conversations will help influence the way we act, kind of like you said, you know, as a mirror to go, I don't want anyone to have to experience the end of bullying or the, you know, the other side of the joke and be miserable and maybe want to go hurt themselves. I'm going to see that and change the way I act because I don't no. want people to feel that way. I want to be a, a force for good. Um, but at the same time, the concern is, you know, things like this can have a negative impact on people. Um, you know, so the idea that what we let into our life, the company we keep, can have an impact and does have an impact on us. Um, and as 
Hannah learned, um, continuing to exist in this space that was not healthy, uh, again, whether by her choice or even not by her choice, um, the company around her, the people around her ultimately ended up having a major impact on her life. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else? Otherwise, uh, we need. I'm sure you could probably talk about I this could, for. A I long, could talk about this a for long a long time. Uh, as I said at the beginning uh, of this podcast, I would not encourage any teenagers to watch this show, uh, and I mean that uh, sincerely. Uh, I'm even very wary to encourage any adults to watch this show. Um, there are healthy ways to go about learning about something. There are even kind of edgy ways to go about learning about something where you put yourself in an uncomfortable place to see something, you kind of suspend your values to see something a different way to hopefully learn and maybe influence you. This is one of those shows that I, I, I can't say I didn't enjoy it because I did appreciate the art of what it was attempting to communicate, mm -hmm. but I felt it was very irresponsible in the way it depicted um, suicide, the way it depicted rape, and when I'm saying that, I'm not saying the show talked about it and so that's, un, that's not okay. The show visibly, graphically depicted it. And I just don't know that in talking with young people or even adults about things like suicide and rape, the most effective or supportive way to do that is to show them what it looks like yeah. graphically. Um, so, Binge it on Netflix. Yes, and that's the other concern. I mean, adults recognize your child may not come and say to you, hey, I was watching this show on Netflix. Um, this is not necessarily something you have to start, you know, talking to them about and saying, hey, let's watch this show together, or hey, I'm going to keep an eye on you. But it is m a, a good moment to stop and go, what are my kids doing? You know, are they watching things on Netflix that I have no idea about? Like, what are they doing on their devices? I need to pay attention to them. And as adults, the most effective and healthy thing you can do to help kids that need help is to stay invested in their lives. Stay informed about what they're doing. Be involved. Yeah. Um, you know, don't let them be someone who struggles alone or, or suffers in silence. So as an adult, um, rather than maybe necessarily sitting and watching this together as a family, just be involved in your kid's life and ask. Be regularly engaged and, and talk to them about what's going on because, again, you may not know what they're struggling with, mm -hmm. and they, they genuinely do want you to give them that support. So... Uh, if you have any questions about this, there's a lot of material online. Just type in 13 Reasons Why resources. Um, type in, uh, there are a number of national organizations uh, that deal with suicide that you can go to for help. There's the National Suicide Hotline. Um, there are a lot of ways to get help. Um, so if you have any questions about that, Google it. Uh, if you'd like to speak with me specifically or even Chris, feel free to send us an email. Um, you and feel free to send us your reactions to this as well. It's yeah. kind of an uncomfortable, and but I think a timely conversation because this has hit uh, so um, big picture in our culture with this yeah. show. One other uh, positive note I think we could end on is something that we can all do is kind of the anti-bullying, right, is the idea of inclusion. Mm. And I've talked to teens uh, either in a youth group or just any, I mean, this is, it's an easy thing and anybody can do it is just include people in your life. Mm. Teens, adults, it, it is an incredible evangelistic tool just to include people. Mm. And, uh, but it, it takes effort. Yes. It takes risk. Right. But it is so helpful mm. in, you know, impacting people and, helping them is just to include them say hey yes. come sit by me mm. hey let's go out to lunch or hey you know come over and let's watch a movie together 
it's inclusion. Yes. And it's so powerful. Mm. Um, it can be a, like you said, a force for good. That's how anybody can do that. Yes. Is just include people in their lives. And that's the whole flip side, the, the optimistic flip side of this show. This show focuses a lot on, well, all these little, little kind of accumulation of things and some big things really led to my demise. But, you know, I can tell you stories from my own professional work and any you know, mental health professional can tell you that there are numerous examples of someone who is in the moment on the way to attempt suicide, but because someone stopped and said, hey, how are you today? Or showed them an act of kindness. Yeah. It interrupted that, that distress and got them out of that intensity for a moment where they were able to calm down and think rationally. Yeah. And they made a change and yeah. they decided not to. So your behavior, your kind words, your inclusion, any of that can make a difference. There is hope. People genuinely overall don't want to die. And if somebody does get to that point, uh, they're usually, they would rather not. Um, so, you know, anything you can do to, to include, I, I second everything Chris said there. Let's be a force for good in this world. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Strong Church and uh, our sister podcast. Uh, we have the Overcome podcast, which we talk about pornography. And if you need help getting out of uh, pornography addiction, we also want to shout out to uh, the Trend Podcast as well as Technically Speaking. If you haven't given a, them a listen, go over there uh, and listen to what they have to say as well. All good things. Um, my shout outs today are my friends in high school. Hmm. Um, uh, Scott, Alicia, uh, Amber, and Doug, who endured through my uh, growing stages of life. And I appreciate them. Shout outs, Adam. Uh, yeah. Uh, today is National Teacher Appreciation Day, oh, I wow. think, which is strange because last week was National Teacher Appreciation Week. Yeah. So I don't know if like people didn't get their calendar put together or whatnot. <laughs> but anyway, I'd just like to shout out. And I did this shout out on Facebook and it was really cool. My mom told me since my mom worked at the elementary school I went that one of the teachers saw it and showed it to her. I did a shout out to all the teachers I've had over the course of my life, elementary school, high school, college. Uh, so I'd like to shout out to all of them for paying attention to me, to yeah. helping me grow and develop as a person, uh, to all the educational professionals, all the adults in my life that have helped me become who I am today. Because I, like the characters in this show, uh, had bad days. Mm -hmm. uh, I had moments where I felt misunderstood and I didn't feel like anyone got me or I didn't know what I wanted. I couldn't put it into words. But the adults in my life generally were pretty helpful uh, and patient. And so thank you all for bearing with me. And I'm hopeful that uh, many other students have had the opportunity to work with you because I know you've been very helpful to me. So thank you. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll see you next time.